Nothing compares to the promise that we have in Christ. The word promise is one that brings up the word commitment to me. As the uh, Proverbs even have that one who is willing to keep their promise to their own detriment. It's a great example of one who gives commitment. And this Memorial Day weekend is one that we commemorate that commitment, that kind of promise that one has made, that they're willing for whatever reason, love, duty, loyalty, they're committed and they're willing to keep their promise even if it costs them their life. We commemorate this week as a, a nation. And as folks in this community, those that have died on our behalf, serving the armed forces. This last year, we remember Tony Vintage and Matt Maupin, Brandon Honert and Bill Zapfe. All from this area, through this last year, we, we recognized their commitment that they were willing to die for us. Beyond what we celebrate necessarily as a nation, we also as a community celebrate, commemorate those that have died for us in other ways. Robin Broxterman and Brian Shearer, who died walking into a home that was on fire. As firefighters, they were committed to protect, to care. And they followed that commitment to their own death. I make it a, a personal tradition on Memorial Day also to go to the Voice of the Martyrs website and persecution.com and remember those in the past year who because of their commitment for Jesus, explicitly, they were killed. Over 35 people are listed there. Most of them, pastors. Even an archbishop, Archbishop Raho, in northern Iraq, was assassinated as a leader of the church of Jesus Christ. His commitment to Jesus led to his death. Another one that caught my eye was a 30-year-old, 33-year-old, Najisti Khali in Eritrea, country in the eastern part of northern Africa, where there she was held at the Wea Military Training Center and tortured. All she had to do to end the torture was to recant her faith in Christ. And she refused. And the torture led to her death. We commemorate this day the commitment of those that is so strong that they're willing even to die for it. Our passage 
today in Isaiah chapter 49, found on page 592 in your pew Bible, also commemorates, highlights that commitment of God for us. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your written word as it speaks to us and reminds us of your unbreakable, unforgettable commitment to us, to your creation. Teach us and lead us. Open our eyes and ears to hear, open our heart to feel from you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. Isaiah 49, verse 8, through verse, first part of verse 16. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor, I have answered you. On a day of salvation, I have helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, come out. And to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the ways. On all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them down. For he who has pity on them will lead them. And by springs of water will guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a road. And my highway shall be raised up. Lo... These shall come from far away, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Syene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted His people and will have compassion on His suffering ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God's commitment to us is unbreakable. God's commitment to us is everlasting and complete. His commitment is to everyone in every way from every place. God's care and commitment for us is even in our brokenness. Even in our sin. We don't have to be good enough for God's commitment and care for us to be real and true. Isaiah is writing to Israel when they're in exile. They are in Babylon. As we've been walking through Daniel, Israel, Jerusalem has been destroyed. Israel knows full well the reason they have been kidnapped, now refugees in Babylon, is God's discipline upon them. 
is clear. God used Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon in order to wake Israel up. To wake his people up. It is an act of discipline. It is an act of loving commitment. As is every act of discipline in its best sense. I don't know that I'll share this story the second service because my mom will be here. But I remember vividly one time, well, there are plenty of times, but one time that I'll share with you that she disciplined me. And it was because, for some reason, I don't know, I didn't make my bed or I didn't eat my green beans and she wanted me to do it and made me do it and I told her I hated her. To which she quickly grabbed me by the arm, took me in the bathroom and washed my mouth out with soap. I can still taste it. (laughs) Yet rarely will you hear from my lips the word hate anymore. And in our family, rarely will you hear the word hate. Discipline in its best sense is an act of commitment of love, of care for us in our brokenness. And God wants to be clear through the words of Isaiah to His people who are being disciplined. I love you. This is my care for you. To establish the land. Here again, the end of verse 8. To establish the land to apportion the desolate heritages. Saying to the prisoners, come out. To those who are in darkness, show yourselves. God's commitment is to those who are broken. Who are incomplete. Who are imperfect. I mean, it really is another picture of Jubilee. The prisoners being freed. The blind receiving their sight. And God's care for us is according to every way. They shall feed along the ways. On all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them down. I mean, every hunger, thirst, protection, provision. Protection from the wind or from the sun. God will care for us every way. The middle of verse 10. For he who has pity on them will lead them and by springs of water will guide them. Like a parent. I mean, this passage is filled with allusions to being a parent. But particularly here in the middle of verse 10, the word for pity is the same word is also used for womb. I mean, it's that that pity, that that mercy, that natural affinity that any parent has for their child. You know, that mama bear, that papa bear tendency that we have. I remember once being in the backyard with Clara when she was maybe four. And the next door neighbor was there with his dog. Daisy was his name, I think, or her name, something cute like that. But the dog had a little mean streak in her. And, and I, we were sitting there and the dog turned on Clara and barked and snapped at her. You know, it didn't get her, but man, that mercy, that 
for my daughter, not for the dog, welled up within me. You know, and I went over there, grabbed the dog, kicked him, threw him down. Now, that's not the best thing to do. You know? So don't turn me into the SCPA. It was a long time ago. I think the statute of limitations have run out. But it was that natural tendency, that papa bear protection that was within me that God is saying in a much more merciful, kind, loving way, He has on us, even in our brokenness and fallenness, that He had on the Israelites then as they were suffering under His judgment. He was giving them words of mercy He will care for them because His commitment to them is unbreakable. They can do whatever they want. He will not relinquish His commitment to them. God's commitment is to everyone in every way and from every place. I mean, like I said, this is another picture of that Jubilee community. That Jubilee community that makes the way for every person no matter their background, no, no matter their heritage, no matter if they're churched or not, it doesn't matter, rich, poor, black or white. Yellow, green, polka dotted. He makes the way for every person from every place. Verse 11. I will turn all my mountains into roads and my highways shall be raised up. I mean, the way will be made clear a way will be made from every way. And these shall come from far away, from the north, from the west, and even from the land of Syene. I mean, he's saying, listen, from everywhere. He didn't say the east because the east is the Mediterranean Sea. It didn't include the fish. But including everywhere. And in Syene, we're not even quite sure where that is. And you might even have in your margin a note that in the Masoretic text, that's what MT stands for, they gave another name of a city that at least they knew that looked like the name. Somebody, as they were copying it down over the years, said, you know, we don't know where this Syene place is. Let's put, at least put a city where we know. But the point is that even from the places we don't know, from everywhere, I will call my people. My people will never be out of my sight. God's commitment is unbreakable to everyone in every way from every place. And our response then is why we gather every Sunday. It's to sing for joy. It's to join in verse 13 with the heavens, with the earth, with the mountains. To sing Because God is committed to us. He has compassion on us. Even in our brokenness. Even if we are in exile. Even in our sin. We gather, respond in joy and celebration. Like what we just sang, like what we just heard in Psalm 131. You know, the picture of a weaned child in the lap of his or her mother. You know, satiated, satisfied, complete, a clean diaper and a full belly. That's the picture at Psalm 131. That's the, the picture here of us in the arms of our Creator. 
fully satisfied because we know God's commitment to us is unbreakable. However, even with all of this being true, Israel, God's people, demonstrate to us that we are very gifted in being childish. We are very very gifted in having short memories. We are very gifted in being able to throw a pity party for ourselves and focus on what is wrong. The tendency to, to look at what is missing. Because that's verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. After all that God has done, all that God has said, still, His children are disappointed that it didn't work out exactly like they wanted. You know, it's like taking the, the kids to King's Island you know, for, for eight hours. And it's time to go home after eight hours. And the lips go out and the tears start to form because we didn't get to stay nine hours. It's an easy habit for us to fall into as people of God. Been in ministry in the church for 17 years. And you know, there's not been a year that we haven't complained about the songs not being the right one. The service being too long or short. The Sunday school not being just right. The sermons not being poetic enough or short enough or long enough or in-depth enough or shallow enough. And it's real easy for us preachers then to fall in the habit to complain about members complaining (laughs) instead of rejoicing that we're just receiving words and not bullets or torture. Israel was in Babylon. They were in exile. Not where they wanted to be. But as we've just gone through with Daniel, people of God no matter where they are, continue to serve God. They respond to God's unbreakable commitment to commitment with Him, no matter what. Because God's commitment to us is unforgettable, unbreakable, even in our complaining. Because look at verse 15. I mean, if I'm God, at that point I say, forget it. We're never going to King's Island again. You're on your own. Walk home. But instead, God's mercy and grace and compassion goes a level even deeper. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget Yet I will not forget you. More committed to us is God than the most, than the purest commitment of any parent. 
You know, it was a couple years ago, uh, maybe 10, 11 years ago, in, in Philadelphia, that Luz Suevas' apartment burned. And with the burning of the apartment also was lost her 10-day-old child. She went through all that was necessary to recover. Six years later, she was at a birthday party for another friend and their children. And there was a six-year-old girl there. That Every time she saw her, the dimple in her cheek just made her heart rush. And she studied her and studied her. She finally went over to her sister and said, I think that's my daughter. I, I think that's Delima. She went over to her, hey, sweetie, I think you've got gum in your hair, and plucked a few pieces of her hair. Took it to the Philadelphia Police Department, told them the story, they tested it, matched her DNA with her DNA, and sure enough, that was her little Delima. And what had happened was that the mother, the, the person that kidnapped her set the fire in the apartment in order to cover up the kidnapping and had been raising her for six years. But her natural biological mother had such a connection, even with a baby that she'd held in her womb for nine months and held in her arms for ten days, that she could see her after six years and still recognize her. And God wants to tell us that our that His love for us is even greater. His commitment to us is even greater than the commitment, the purest commitment of any parent for their children. So much so that He says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. He has engraved us in the palm of his hands. Like a brand. You know, a brand that's you heat up the metal, put it on the, the hide of the, the cattle in order to, to so show who the owner is. The the brand burns the hide and the scar tissue forms whatever the marker is of that particular ranch. So that the the cow is branded by its owner. But God even flips that on its head. Because with God, we don't get the brand. He does. The scar tissue is formed in His hands. The owner takes the brand. And he's branded with each of our names, my name, your name, and a bunch of their names too. Some of, it who, some of them who know it and some of them who don't. And it's not a far leap from here to Calvary, to the cross, where God literally took the scars on our behalf. You ever thought that when we see Jesus face to face and we see the scars, 
that in the scars will be my name and your name. Written in his palm. The owner takes the brand for us. That's a commitment that is unbreakable and unforgettable. That's what we celebrate every day as Memorial Day. That God has you branded in the palm of His hands. Amen.